family, and welcome to the Walk On Podcast, the podcast where I try to demystify spirituality, personal growth and healing, and whatever else I feel like talking about. I'm your host, Britt Cannon, and this week's episode is all about burnout. <laughs> Inspired by two weeks ago, I, I had jury duty on like a Wednesday, and, um, and I normally work like, I mean, I'm very lucky. <laughs> I work part-time and I normally work like a couple eight or nine hour days a week and then a couple four or five and then I have one weekday a week off. And sometimes I fill this day up with working out and like stretching all day and it's glorious and I go on long walks with my dog and <laughs> sometimes I take that day to just lay in bed and watch Real Housewives for six hours <laughs> and sometimes I like will lose myself in working on music all day, but it's just like my day to do what I want. And it's very important to me because as a like (laughs) highly sensitive person and autistic person, a traumatized (laughs) person, and just like a spiritual person, I need a certain amount of like wiggle room like I just need some room to be free and just like float and do what I want to do when I want to do it I need a certain amount of alone time as an introvert and it's just it's like my saving grace every week I don't have it every week my schedule is very non-consistent or inconsistent (laughs) Um, and so it isn't always the same but for for several weeks in a row I had this amazing day off and then boom hit with the jury duty. I go there and let me just like, before I get started on the topic, let me just explain to you (laughs) what went on at jury duty. So you have to get there at 8.30 and on the way there, I was in a great mood, even though I really didn't want to do it because it's just like this, there's this beauty of moving through New York City that early in the morning, especially in like a busy part of it because it's not quite bustling yet like you see people kind of hurrying to work but it's not so crowded that you like want to bite someone's head off (laughs) um or like develop superpowers where you can just push people out of your way or whatever it wasn't you know there's just this romance at those moments when the city isn't quite awake that I really enjoy and I kind of honestly have missed in the pandemic days, like just, I don't venture out like that. Like I, I work, you know, a 15 minute train ride from where I live. It's just like, my life is very small at the moment, which I enjoy, but it didn't used to be. And that was one thing that I loved. Like I never was upset about having to work early because moving around the city at that time of day is like kind of nice. It just reminds you, or it reminds me, I should say of like, the charm and the beauty and that energy that people love. And and it's just nice. I'm a morning person. I just like, like to be out at that time of day. As soon as I get there, it's just like cop after cop after cop. You have to take off your belt and like all your jewelry and, and go through a metal detector and like the cops are trying to joke with you and it's just like, I'm never going to be that person that's like cordial to a cop. I just like, it's, it takes all of my all of the will in my body not to scream fascist pig (laughs) every time I lay eyes on one. I just like, I'm never going to be, it's literally anytime I've gotten pulled over, like I have to just like talk myself through it so that I don't cop an attitude and like cause something bad to happen. I just like hate them with a visceral rawness that like I can't overcome. And I don't want to overcome it because I think I'm justified in my disdain for such people who would choose such a profession and like how dare you try to joke with me when you're upholding the white supremacist capitalist heteropatriarchy and as you can guess from the way I'm describing this experience like jury duty didn't go super well for me so you like sit in a room they put on it's so boring you barely have cell service they put on a a film I'm doing like sarcastic bunny ears here at the word film being used. And it's like a, it's like an early 2000s. (laughs) It was filmed before they had like, they didn't know all the social medias yet. Like at the time, the only ones were like Facebook and Twitter. So that's how old it was. They just, they didn't even have Instagram. They were just like Facebook or Twitter or any other social media (laughs) 
that may come along for you to post about your jury duty experience. Anyway, the film quotes Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's just like so offensive to like the leftist movement to any kind of like true progressive. It's just a bunch of fucking propaganda upholding everything I have a problem with in this country and in the world at large. Like it's just, it was so full of itself. And so, you know, like most people who do this, like tend to learn something or, or come away with an even greater appreciation for the justice system. And it's like, suck my dick, get over yourself. This is so upsetting. So I'm like all day, I'm pissed. They finally call me to like do my, you know, American Idol audition for jury case, whatever number. And they, so I'm in a room with like maybe 25 people. And I definitely had like the whitest name of anyone in that room because they call everyone's name or they call like the majority of people's name. There were maybe five white people in the room and all five of us were chosen first, which is like, yikes. And, um, and I'm number one. (laughs) They chose me number one first. And by this point, I'm like shaking because just all of this stuff, one after the other, after the other, you know, the cops, the propaganda, the fucking justice system sucking its own dick, the, you know, the, oh my God, they give us a lecture on implicit bias when it's like, talk to the cops about that. Talk to the lawyers about that. Like, I understand, I mean, I know your average person doesn't understand implicit bias, but also like. My political beliefs aren't founded on implicit bias. My political beliefs are founded on my unpacking my implicit bias. And I've unpacked it so far that I can't stand any of the system because I realize that it's all built on implicit bias (sighs) or explicit bias. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, I think a cop like targeting black people uh, more than they target anyone else is like an example of explicit bias. Like that's fucking racism. It's just so, it's just, it's like farcical. Like it would be funny if it weren't so heartbreaking. So anyway, the lawyer starts talking about the case and yada, yada, yada. And he asks me, do I have, you know, would I have any issue with this? And I was like, literally every issue. Like, I hate being here. This is a terrible experience. It goes against every single one of my beliefs. I'm never going to put someone... I'm never going to, like, willingly put someone in jail. I don't believe in jail. I'm never going to, like, reward money to a corporation. I don't believe in corporations. Like, just... I would never do that. There's no, there's no amount of like time or convincing or waterboarding that would make me like change my mind on this. So please don't pick me. And they didn't. So I got out of there. Uh, but I still had to sit there for another like four and a half hours, (laughs) um, until it was over. So it was like, uh, like a, a deeply upsetting experience. And I know this is something that everyone does. I'm like, I'm not a special snowflake who doesn't have to do it. I feel really blessed that I've never been called up until this point because I've moved so much that I'm just hard to track down. Um, But it's just like, it's like it doesn't occur to them that people would have the beliefs that I I have. And like, I understand that what I believe is extreme. I understand that my spirituality is sort of out there and like my politics are out there and they're also like so ingrained in me. Like this is not just a hobby or like a thing that I, I dally (laughs) with. This is like in my blood. It's like in my veins. I just like can't not spew it everywhere I go. And, and like, I don't consider myself necessarily extreme because I feel like my political beliefs are rooted in love. And like, is there anything less extreme than love? and like equity and fairness and like true justice, not that bullshit justice. Um, and so I, why would I let it go? Why would I unpack it? I, I didn't, I don't need to transcend it because I transcended to get here. And, um, and it's just wild. It's wild to, to have be put in this place where I feel extreme um, because they don't even expect people to be where I'm at. You know what I mean? And because they're so in it, they're so like indoctrinated into this American way of thinking. And like, 
and and the systems that be like they're they are operators of the matrix you know what I mean and I don't mean that in the Andrew Tate sense I mean it in the true like trans as fuck (laughs) Wazowski like matrix matrix you know they're plugged in man I'm I'm unplugged I'm out there I'm going rogue (laughs) and uh you know speaking of that like how can you be an alpha male influencer and be claiming that you are that you have transcended the matrix like you're upholding every facet of the status quo like you are the matrix it just fucks me up the way that people can like twist the truth to serve their own needs and to like make themselves feel special or just like it just bothers me that the rhetoric um it's like the way that Republicans now look at queer people on the internet as their oppressors even though it's like bro that's not how this works like you're the oppressor man <laughs> like don't fucking what is that called when like a like an abuser like flips the script on you it's like that it's like manipulation at its most it's like manipulator 101 is flip the script and blame the other person for what you're doing And people fall for it and it just drives me nuts. Anyway, long story long, (laughs) I, by the end of last, the week before last, I was like burnt the fuck out. And on Sunday, I was like coming here, coming home from, I forget what I did, but I went and did something. And then I came home and I was going to do my podcast and I took a nap instead, (laughs) like flat out passed out. And, um, and I was a little bummed because I had been doing six weeks consistently. Like it was super easy. It was just flowing. I was looking forward to it. It was great. And then all of a sudden I couldn't do it. And then I go down this tailspin of like, will I ever be able to do it again? If I miss one week, I'm never going to do it again. And like, then it's all going to fall apart. And then my life is meaningless. (laughs) And like the, the spiral is unlimited. The, the, uh, the amount of drama I can achieve in a, in a spiral like that is, is unmatched. So like, (laughs) so I had to like reconcile that with myself and be like, look, if you need a break, like you had an exceptional week, like you had a week that a threw off your routine, which is hard for you. You had a week that required a lot of energy. You got very upset one of these days. Oh, also the baby I nanny was going through some kind of growth spurt or something. So he was a grump and a half And, um, and also physically for me, like sitting in a chair, an uncomfortable chair for eight hours is really difficult. And so my body was in physical pain for the rest of the week and I was just done. I had nothing left to give. And, um, and so I took the week to kind of like recalibrate, get myself back in order, take care of myself. And here I am back, back, back again. (laughs) Um, And so I want to talk a little bit about like that process, how we can navigate burnout more like gently, you know, do it without the self-hatred and the self-blame and the negative thought spirals and, and the fear, right? The fear of like not being productive, the fear of not being enough, the fear of being replaceable and just like, and the shame we have around laziness or even fallibility, like the ableism that we, we perpetuate within our own selves and bodies and like mental speaking, like the inner voice that we have, the not so good one. (laughs) Um, we hold ourselves up to unrealistic expectations. We expect ourselves to work like machines And not even to mention the fact that I think the world, like the culture of humanity at this moment is in a level of like collective burnout, the likes of which we've never seen. Like things have not been good for some time. We're going on our third year of, is that right? 2020, 21, 22, 23, three three years since the lockdowns and we're still not rid of COVID. Like even if you are someone who's like, fuck, 
fuck the virus. I'm going to live my life. Like, I'm not living in fear. You misunderstand how trauma works. It's like just because your brain is able to shut down your fears and your anxieties and your consideration of consequences and just because it's not able to process the current situation that you're in because it's too scary or too traumatizing or too whatever, too much to process, doesn't mean that your body doesn't remember. So I don't think people right now are are coping well or not coping well. I think people right now are either like a little bit dissociated or like dealing with the reality. And neither of those ways of operating are like particularly healthy. And from my perspective, like I'm someone who's still very COVID conscious. I wear my mask. I like (laughs) my partner and I don't eat inside in restaurants. Like I haven't played a gig. I haven't gone to an open mic. Like these are all things that I would like to do, but there's just something in my intuition that's like, it's not fully safe. And as someone who's lived with a lot of chronic pain and like not so good uh, like of a state of health in my body for going on <laughs> over a decade. Like, I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to give myself or my body any more to have to deal with. So I am careful. And like in being careful, that means that week to week, I read independent reporting on the COVID numbers and cases and deaths. I read the propaganda from the politician. I politicians, I read, you know, hot takes on the internet. I'm just like <laughs> looking at all of it all the time because it's important to me to be like present and conscious and like aware. But because of all that, like life is a lot smaller, which is nice in some ways, but it's also there's some grief there. Um, it, there is like some fear that I don't think is irrational. Like it's not a fear I necessarily need to overcome because it's very like real, but also it's just a constant, you know, like give and take and like risk management or whatever. (laughs) And, um, and all of this, it's like, we weren't built to hold all of this information and misery and like the suffering of the world and the worry and anxiety. Like we weren't made to, to know all this all the time. It's just, we have, I don't think we've evolved to the point where our brains can process it. I think this is why we go through that thing where we have like a crisis and then everyone freaks out for a minute and then they kind of forget about it until the next crisis. And then everyone's freaking out again. It's just like the gun thing, you know, like a shooting happens. It's terrible. It shouldn't be happening somebody should do something about this. It's egregious. It's like fucking scary, you know? And then here we go with the discourse and it's like, we need to take away people's guns. And then it's like, you can't take my guns over my cold dead hands. And then it's like thoughts and prayers. And it's like, fuck your thoughts and prayers. And then, and then some wackadoo comes out of the woodwork and is like, they're all crisis actors and no shooting happened at all. And then And then everyone forgets about it. And then the next one happens and we do it all over again. And then we forget about it. And then another one happens and we do it all over again. And it's just like, that's why we can't hold on to like a crisis or or a, a fact of our reality, especially an unpleasant one for any amount of time because the 24 hour news cycle and the algorithms of social media are created in such a way to keep us addicted to the information and then we get overloaded by it and then we have to carry it with us and then you know eventually you kind of have to like get over it because here comes another one (laughs) and and of course we're burnt out you know like we aren't built for this and it's not to say that not caring or not looking is the answer. It's just to say, like, remember that when you, when you think like, I can't do half of what I did five years ago in a day. And that's so upsetting. I must be some kind of failure. I must be, you know, a a, like shadow of my former self. What have I done? I've let myself go. I'm, you know, no one's ever going to love me or hire me. I'm never going to be successful. I don't have the work ethic. Like, you know, the spiral, we all know the spiral. But just remember, like we're dealing with still COVID, (laughs) we're dealing with 
of fascist backlash to the teeny, tiny, minuscule bits of progress we've made in the last handful of years with things like representation, body positivity, uh, gender conversations, you know, um, a Me Too type of like feminist movement of like abusers taking responsibility or being made to face consequences for their actions. Like we had a glorious, what feels now like 30 seconds in the sun where we felt like things were moving forward. And then like a cat smacking a spoon out of your hand, (laughs) we're just like traveling back in time. You know, they were like, get that shit out of here. And now there's this fascist backlash. So And it wasn't great in that moment in the sun. It just felt like we were maybe heading in a good direction. And some of us got the, some of us got the message. Some of us woke up from the matrix. Some of us found ourselves. Some of us found our language or labels. Some of us found community. Some of us educated ourselves. (laughs) You know, some of us learned how to care about other people's experiences besides our own. Some of us did the homework. Some of us did the reading. Some of us wanted to be better. Some of us keep continuing imagining a better world, but a lot of people didn't. A lot of people just let their egos flare up and get angry and lash out. Or some people are clawing to the little bit of power this fucked up system gave them because they're so afraid of any type of like egalitarian existence like they only see other people getting rights as a loss of their own and like that says it all right there like if equality to you looks like oppression that just means you've been living a charmed life and like it's somebody else's turn and it also like really trips me out when like cis straight white conservative men are like Like, the only future they can envision, like, the only feminist future they can envision is one where they're treated like women are under patriarchy. Like, they can't imagine someone not hoarding power. And I think that's very telling. It reminds me of that little bit of wisdom, um, this, this proverb I heard, which is that we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And that's it right there, you know? This is why I don't trust a nihilist because like your opinion is so bleak. Like you see humans as so bad and like nothing matters to you and you don't care about anything and like nothing matters anyway. It's just like, I don't, (laughs) I don't vibe with that. I need everything to matter. I need love in the world. I need to believe in good. I need to like seek out the light. That's what makes me feel better. When I get hopeless, like I'm not happy and I need to be happy because I came here to live and love and be happy and be a light. And that's what I'm going to do. God damn it. And, um, and there's nothing you can do about it. So I think it's just important to remember like the context of our burnout, right? Like collectively, everyone who's in tune with their own feelings, everyone who's aware of how they like are on a day-to-day basis, anyone who's even that aware, who, who knows to check in with themselves is burnt the fuck out. Not even to mention the fact that like trauma kind of brings out the worst in people. You know, I think there are plenty of people who get traumatized and who are like, I need to get help to process this or who go through something hard and they're like, this is going to make me softer. You know, I'm going to be more loving. Like this is teaching me to be more gratitude, more grateful to move through the world with more love and gentleness and understanding. This is is helping me engage in my compassion. This is helping me engage in self-forgiveness, which helps me forgive others. Like, you know, there are some of us in the world who go through hard shit and it just makes you softer and softer and softer and softer. And that's what it's supposed to do. And if you're one of those people, like truly God bless you. Like you're, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Keep it up. But the other reaction is to become harder and colder and more brittle and more ruthless and more greedy. And um, and we are having to exist in the same space at the same time with people who are dealing with their trauma that way. Anyone who's been brought up in a family with a lot of generational trauma, which I think most of us have, you know how difficult it is to live 
with someone who's not healing, even if you're someone who is healing. Like, you know, my grandma, speaking of people who don't heal, um, my grandma used to say this thing where she was talking about like, um, like friend groups and how like you can be guilty by association or whatever. And she was like, you know, the good never rubs off on the bad. The bad always rubs off on the good. And I don't necessarily like fully believe that in the sense that like everyone is influenceable (laughs) in that way. But I do think that the bad affects and bad and good is like, I don't even want to get into that binary really. (laughs) But, but you know, people who are not healing greatly affect people who are, because the thing with being in tune with your feelings and walking around this world with an open heart is it hurts. It hurts to be aware that the climate is reaching a point of no return that humans might not have long on this planet. Not to be too much of a bummer, y'all. Please stick with me. (laughs) But it's just like, let's be real. It hurts. It hurts to see videos of people's homes being flooded and like earthquakes murdering 20,000 people the last time I checked. Or where was that in Turkey? 20,000 people I think died. It might even be more. I don't know. Um you know, people without clean water, these like train derailments where people are going to be affected for generations, like just Flint still not having clean water. It's just like, (laughs) it hurts. It hurts to be aware of those things. It hurts to hold space for those things. It hurts like hell to go through those things in a like very personal, personal, direct way. It hurts to, to have people you knew or loved ones or whatever die because of COVID and to have people just like erasing the the entire experience from their mind or chalking it up to some government conspiracy. It hurts to think of queer people or people of color or children murdered by guns because some guy has like, I don't know, a fucking chip on his shoulder about being an oppressed white male in this world it's just like it hurts it's all heavy um but like truly continuing to move through the world with an open heart with gentleness with kindness prioritizing love like trying to be a healing presence for yourself and for everyone you encounter is the most important work any of us can do right now like Clearly numbing out and dissociating and distracting yourself isn't going to work. Like that's how we keep doing what we're doing. That's how we (laughs) perpetuate the insanity of doing the same old thing and expecting different results or doing the same old thing and like expecting everything to be like the 19 fucking 50s when not even that was great, you know, like we just aren't dealing with reality. And like, even though it hurts, moving through life with with an open heart, with awareness of where you're walking, who you're stepping on, like what your integrity is telling you, it's heavy, it's hard, it takes a toll, but it ensures that you don't perpetuate the white supremacist, capitalist, heteropatriarchy, that you don't go around projecting your trauma onto everyone else, making your issues everybody else's problem, expecting other people to clean up your mess, not giving a fuck about future generations, not giving a fuck about like, you know, (laughs) multi-generational attempted genocide on various marginalized people, all marginalized people. Um you don't think about the future. You don't think about the consequences. Like (laughs) you need to, you need that awareness. You need that hurt because that's what we're supposed to be going through. That is a normal reaction to the situation we're living in as is becoming overwhelmed and burnt out and frustrated with the expectation of us to carry on as normal, to keep the economy going, to keep this fallen apart ass broke down country going when like what we really need is a reset button what we really need is rest and community and softness 
and no more hustling, no more grinding, no more forcing your way through it. We need to be operating at a different level because not only is it not sustainable for us and our mental health and like we're not going to be reti- retiring till we're fucking 70 if we're lucky. Um, we don't even know how the microplastics and the Botox are going to affect us in 10, 20 years. You know what I mean? We're still going to be working? Like what? This is such a raw fucking deal. How did we get here? How we got here is by too few people being conscious and way too many being unconscious and all the power going to the unconscious people and the conscious people just being written off as these like, you know, leftist softies, communists who just want to like, I don't know. They just want the world to be a better place and somehow that's wrong. Um, We're going to get more into specific things about burnout (laughs) right after this quick break for some ads brought to you by the haunted mind of brit cannon a walk-on production flight of the final girl a journey through the nightmare of generational trauma and into the sunrise of survival. Run. Don't walk. It's Flight of the Final Girl. Anywhere books are sold. Welcome back. So, what do we do about it? Like, we now we know all the reasons why, right? <laughs> we know why we're struggling. We're dealing with impossible people uh, out there who just don't give a fuck, you know? They're like purely in what uh, my partner calls, learned in some like training for being a teacher, like downstairs brain. Like you have upstairs brain and you have downstairs brain and downstairs brain is where all the trauma lives. And so all your unconscious impulses, all your harmful toxic patterns, all your ways of distraction, all your spirals, your negative self-talk, your drill sergeant in your head, all of that is in downstairs brain. And when you are in downstairs brain, you cannot be reasoned with. And then there's upstairs brain, which is where you're like aware of why you're feeling what you're feeling. You understand that you can choose how you react in certain situations. You're just like the master of your domain, you know? And we all fluctuate between downstairs and upstairs depending on how much sleep we've had, how much we've eaten, how much we've been working, like how frustrated we are, how many people have pissed us the fuck off that that day, what we're dealing with in a real world context. Like it's the spoon theory thing where like sometimes you have all the energy in the world and you can like stay in upstairs brain for days at a time. Sometimes you dip down into downstairs brain every 20 minutes and you got to bring yourself back up and then you're exhausted by that process. You know what I mean? It's not easy. Um, but there are so many people who just live their entire lives in downstairs brain. And you know the ones, I'm sure as you're listening, somebody's in your head right now you're thinking of what, as I describe this. They're just fucking think the world is out to get them. They just like one, it's those people who walk around who are like, if I'm having a bad day, everybody I encounter is going to have a bad day too. So watch out motherfuckers. Like it's those people. (laughs) We're dealing with those people. We're dealing with policies we don't agree with. We're dealing with people attacking our very humanity. We're dealing with nonsense on the internet. We're dealing with (laughs) just everything that could have possibly gone wrong is going wrong and seems to continue to go wrong. And, and we're being called on to like pretend like life is normal. If you don't, you're being criticized, ostracized, left behind, you know, left without any other options as far as like work or, or hobbies or like leisure or community, you know, people, people who are immunocompromised are like living very lonely lives right now. And, um, and nobody cares, you know, it's just, (laughs) the world is moving on because everyone else is so checked out. And, um, and if you are trying, you know, if you're able to like be out in the world a little bit, like it takes so much more effort than it used to. 
And if you are someone who's like actually assessing the risk and actually making informed decisions, like that takes a certain amount of energy. And then having to defend your choices takes a certain amount of energy. And it's just like a lot. So I think that's the first step to like giving yourself grace when you're in a burnout, which is that understand that that the burnout you're feeling is a perfectly reasonable response to the life you're currently leading, you know, by the things that you currently have to do to survive, whether it's just like forcing yourself to go to work every day at a job you hate because you need to pay rent or, you know, (laughs) I don't know, like any of the things, even just like trying to have a social life and work and, you know, be part of a partnership and get the rest you need and do your hobbies and, 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 and read the news every day, whatever, like do your chores at home. Just like there's so much to do all the time and time is so limited. And what we get for ourselves is so small and precious. Um, and trying to fit it all in is literally impossible. And so if you're in a place where you feel so exhausted and depressed and like hopeless and like you can't get out of bed and like you just could rest for a year straight and you still wouldn't feel like you replenished your batteries, (laughs) just understand that that's reasonable. You know, that is a reasonable reaction to an unreasonable situation. What is being asked of us in this moment is unfucking reasonable and, and that doesn't, you know, it doesn't help just beyond forgiving yourself, but forgiving yourself is the biggest thing with burnout because burnout is not something that you can force yourself out of. If you try, it will give you more burnout. You know, that doesn't mean that everyone has the luxury to quit their job and run away or, or take the rest they need or, you know, you can only phone it in, but so much, uh, you know, quiet quitting is great for office workers, but it's not exactly an option for like a nurse, you know, (laughs) but, but you can forgive yourself. And I promise you that without all the self-hatred and the negative self-talk, burnout feels a lot lighter. You'll get through it a lot faster. You'll bounce back a lot more whole than you would with all the negative self-talk. And it'll also just be like a more enjoyable experience. This is something that has really like fucked me up in the last handful of years is I realized, and I used to be in, in almost a constant state of burnout. Like since this happens with autistic people where like you force yourself as long as you can to mask and like get through life and, and present as, as neurotypical as possible. And you, you know, you always feel like you're hanging on by a thread, but, but you do it for as long as you possibly can. And then most of us at some point in like early adulthood experience our first big burnout and, and some of us never recover. And I feel like that's where I've been for the last, like, yeah, maybe 10 years is, is I had my, maybe like more like 13 years. I had my first big burnout and I never fully bounced back. And part of the reason why, and I didn't realize this until a few years ago, is that as I was resting and trying to recharge my batteries, I would be yelling at myself the entire time. I'd be calling myself lazy. I'd be calling myself a piece of shit. I'd be telling myself that I'm wasting precious time. I'd be comparing myself to other people and how hard they were willing to go, not considering that they might be younger or more neurotypical or or more like physically healthy or less traumatized, or maybe they were doing coke. You know what I mean? Like I just wasn't taking into account like the full situation. I was just unfavorably comparing myself to other people who seemed to be able to do more. And, and one day I realized like, what if I just rested? Like, what if I just let myself rest without all of this abuse that I'm putting in my own head and replaying over and over. Like, am I really resting if that's what I'm doing? If there's just this like constant stream of, of like horrible things I'm saying to myself, like that's not very restful. So what if I just try to rest and wouldn't, you know, (laughs) 
my rest was a lot more restful. It was more quality and I could bounce back a lot faster. And when I, when I did bounce back, I felt a lot better than I previously would with all the rest in the world. Um, and, and I never really felt that much better. And I'm telling you, this burnout was bad. Like I couldn't even take myself to the store to buy like a soda. Like I couldn't, I, I would go nonverbal for like days at a time. I just like couldn't get out of bed. There wasn't enough sleep in the world I could possibly get. I could, I had no executive functioning. I was just like a wreck. I was crying all the time for like years, y'all. It was, it was a bad place I was in. And, um, and that ended up being like the key, right? It's just letting myself rest. So keep in mind the context of your burnout. Try to remember everything that we're going through, everything that you're surviving, how well you're doing considering the greater context of gestures widely. You know what I mean? Like everything is so shitty right now. That if you're not feeling like your full self, if you're not able to do everything you used to, if you find yourself letting a ball drop here and there of all the things you're juggling, just remember why it's happening and that it is reasonable. You know, (laughs) you're doing okay. Everyone is struggling. You're not worse than anyone else. You're not weaker than anyone else. What even is weaker? Um, That hustle mindset bullshit is, is just that. It's bullshit. It's usually some fucking bro with a pyramid scheme he's trying to get you to be part of like just release all of those expectations release all of the comparisons realize that most people who are like internet successful are fucking lying it reminds me of like (laughs) of like some of these people on reality tv or like back when I was writing celebrity gossip for a while I was getting these articles that were like about uh, you know, semi washed up celebrities, like usually rappers who would do things like take a picture with someone else's private plane, but then be riding coach for real in real life. So like someone would see who follow them on Instagram would see them posting the picture with the private jet and then would take a picture of them in coach on the plane to like call them out. And this was happening all the time. Like everyone is just pretending. Everyone's pretending their life is perfect. Everyone pretends that they've got it all together. Everyone is pretending that they're having this happy, carefree life when really it's like, who could possibly be doing that right now? Who could be experiencing that right now? It's just like not available to us at this moment because the the universe is calling on us to make big changes and big changes require work and effort and healing and you know those people out at a bar taking a picture with their friends like 35 people deep not a mask in sight just vibes like (laughs) they're not here with us they're on another fucking planet so remember the context remember why you're feeling what you're feeling and and make it okay for yourself Try, I know I talk about this so much, but I'm going to drive it home for the rest of my life. Try to change your thoughts to more loving ones. Try not to berate yourself. Try not to go down that, that thing of comparison because I promise you, you don't know the full story of what anyone is going through. Um, most people are just pretending. Most people are just, shout out to my past episode, hashtag LARPing through life. <laughs> it's a game. It's pretend. All the world is a stage. We are merely players. In a world of actors, please be real. Um, Stop comparing yourself. When you go to rest, which is what you need. So if you, if, listen to me out there. (laughs) If you are burnt out right now, what you need is rest. Let yourself rest. That's it. Don't yell at yourself. Don't jam pack your day and like muscle your way through it. Rest every chance you can get find what what feels the most restful for you you know I used to be like like kind of this insatiable learner and I still am but when I am exerting myself when I'm making a lot of content when I am working on music all the time when I'm doing my day job when I'm like on a lot in my life uh I don't always have the capacity for like intellectual 
you know, pursuits. I can't sit down and listen to like a three hour academic YouTube video, which is something that I love to do, but sometimes I just don't have the energy. Sometimes I want to watch housewives scream at each other instead because I can just turn my brain off, laugh, you know, and, um, and enjoy something frivolous. It's okay to do that. Find the thing that works for you or the many things, you know, find the art that relaxes you. Find a spot in nature that you can go to, to get grounded. Uh, you know, (laughs) make your home as, or your room or whatever, as comfortable as possible. Do you like long baths? Take a long bath once a week. Do you like, I don't know, like (laughs) makeup? Does doing makeup make you feel good? Like do that. Just find the little bits of joy you can in this life and engage with them when you have enough energy. Prioritize them as much as you can. Make sure that you're like hydrating, that you're eating enough, (laughs) that you're moving your body in any as gentle a way as you need to, you know, but a good stretch never hurt anybody. Um, Not that yoga cures everything, but it can definitely like help a ton from personal experience. Um, Just find the little things, you know, find the friends that recharge your batteries. Don't go out with people that are constant drama, who like pick you apart, who who reiterate the harmful things you say to yourself. Like be discerning with the people you spend time with. If you only have so much energy, try to give it to the people who who restore you, who water the lawn that you are. I don't know. <laughs> this is a weird metaphor. Um, just, you know, go where your grass is watered. That's what I wanted to say. Um, go where you're nurtured, like go where you feel comfortable collapsing. And if that's nowhere, like be that for yourself. Um, if you need to unplug from the news or from the internet or from the information or from the worrying, don't feel guilty about doing that by all means do. We need people to be soft hearted. We need the tenderness that is you. We need people's soul and spirit to be shining brighter than their egos. <laughs> we need care and compassion. We need the people who are bringing this like revolution of inner understanding and higher consciousness and love and compassion. We need all of us to be in tip top shape you know, and the whole point of, of fighting for progress or healing for progress, if you like a less sort of like war centered, um, descriptor of it, like it's a, it's not, a uh, it's not a, a competition where you're like on your own. It's more like a relay race, like just pass the baton to someone else for a few minutes jump back in when you can. It's a marathon. You know, we need to pace ourselves and that's okay. But prioritizing your healing, your own mental health, uh, and, and your own self-care is like crucial. I know people shit all over this kind of mentality because anyone who's like younger than the youngest millennials are just like, they're in their nihilism phase. You know what I mean? They're in their like, it's cool not to care. Uh, let me make fun of anyone who's earnest. And, and also people are like, self-care is not enough. Like self-care is shallow and you should be out there punching cops in the face. And like, even though that person would never punch anyone. Um, and you know, if you feel like you want to punch a cop in the face, like who am I to stop you? But <laughs> just saying the self-care part cannot be undersold like we're capitalism benefits from our suffering like this is a good question to ask yourself when you are about to overgive ask yourself who is benefiting from my overgiving who is benefiting from my suffering who is benefiting from me harming myself in order to make my company a little bit of extra money or or, you know, to, to give my toxic friend like the attention she wants at this moment, or, you know, like who's really benefiting from this and is it me? It's just like, who is benefiting from your own self-hatred about your body? 
well, probably the diet industry. Who's benefiting from everyone thinking they need to suck the fat out of their cheeks? The plastic surgery industry. Like, <laughs> who is benefiting from, you know, you holding on to the gender binary um, instead of questioning why it exists and how it oppresses all of us? Like, there, it's capitalism. Surprise. Spoiler alert. Uh, and ask yourself if like, if you really want to help them out on their quest for world domination, like, do you really, is that what you want to contribute to? If not, it's probably not. If you're listening to this podcast, then go the other way with it. Like, uh, release the self-hatred, like work on it. Uh, give yourself self-care. Like who benefits from your burnout? Well, they just raised the retirement age to 70, which means they're hoping that most of us will die before they have to pay our retirement. So fuck that. Take care of yourself. They're not going to thank you for overgiving. They're not going to thank you for burning yourself out. Like even this always makes me think of moms and how when even the best, like, like happiest seeming fucking Brady Bunch ass families when they talk about their moms or their wives it's the matriarch of the family they're always like she would give you the clothes off her back she never bought herself anything she never had any needs she lived to take care of her family and it's like and what do you get you get like a thank you every three mother's day and like like I don't know. People expect you to give that much. And there is very little thanksgiving to women who sacrifice that much. In fact, what usually happens is they end up getting resentful in their old age because what they have given can never be returned to them. They sacrifice their life. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing could fill that cup. Nothing their kids did. And so they sort of start expecting their kids to, to overgive the way that they did. And it's not going to happen. Like, it's never going to happen. That favor cannot be returned. You shouldn't have given it in the first place. This reminds me of that quote from Dr. Maya Angelou, which is that if you give somebody something that you don't have to give, you are making them a thief. So don't do it. <laughs> don't make other people thieves. Keep what is sacred to you sacred to you. Prioritize your boundaries um, and prioritize your self-care. If you need to take a step away, uh, if you need to ask for help, if you need to ask for support. I mean, I think all of us could get a lot better at like direct mutual aid. You know, if someone can't go to the grocery store, go to the grocery store for them. If someone can't afford to eat, like cook them a meal. If someone just needs to <laughs> get out of the house, but they're too anxious, like go with them. I don't know. Like, I don't exactly have the answers. I just, this is where I'm starting from. <laughs> um, but if we could like be more directly involved in each other's lives in like a caring type of way where it's not shameful to ask for help, it's not shameful. People don't get annoyed with that sort of interaction. In fact, I think that's like the, the foundation of like great love and great friendship and great community and even great like working um teams is like care caring for each other providing nurturing like a certain amount of intimacy and getting to know each other checking in like conscious conversations even though I know it sounds like annoying or hokey or whatever but using I feel statements like genuinely being honest about where we're at day to day I have this friend who does a lot of like union work. And they once told me that with their employees, they always tell them, like, if you woke up this morning crying because of how much you don't want to go to work, take the day off, please. I don't want you here. If that's the state you're going to be in, you need to take a day off. You need to rest. And so I want you to do that. And it's just like mind blowing to hear someone be like with power operating that way. And wouldn't it be nice if we could all do that for each other um, without being suspicious or like, or, or like tit for tat about it or expecting something because you're being generous in a moment or whatever. Like if we could just 
treat each other with more dignity and respect and also keep in mind that we're not machines we are human beings we were not meant to hustle and grind we were meant to enjoy life that's why we're gifted with this consciousness this is why we're gifted with like the ability to perceive and form thoughts and write poetry and make art and like love each other the way that we do um that's how life was meant to be led. And we're living so far away from what our souls and spirits want and need that of course we're burnt out. And um, if you can do the things we talked about, <laughs> you know, remember why you are. Just remember that, that sheer fact of it, that like this is not what you were built for and you are being forced to, to do this by people who don't know you, who don't care about you, who, you know, who have really no direct influence on your life other than than doing a capitalism every day. Um, it's even like that most of us work for like companies who make people money that we'll never meet. You know what I mean? Like if you work for McDonald's, you're never going to meet the CEO of McDonald's. <laughs> um, anyway, it's all fucked. But prioritize rest and self-care take care of yourself get to know yourself explore yourself learn the ways that you get the best quality rest you possibly can learn which activities really fill up your tank um be discerning about what people you spend time with if you need to pull away like if you need to isolate if you need to not get out of bed for three days straight that's okay. There's like no wrong way to do it. Um, and trust that this too shall pass. Like a burnout doesn't last forever, but the ways to get out of it is to surrender to what your body needs in this moment. And if you do have to force yourself through it, you know, if you can't take a day off, if you don't have the luxury of time to rest, um, you got to sneak it in where you can. And I guess that gets to the point of like, <laughs> if you have the type of job where you can quiet quit, if you have the type of job where you can phone it in and just do the bare minimum and just get by, this is the sign. <laughs> this is your sign. This is your permission. By all means, do it. Um, you don't have anything to prove. You don't owe anyone anything. Like, take care of yourself. But in taking care of yourself, like, please don't become bitter and hard and cold and brittle and resentful and closed off to the world. Don't allow yourself to become numb. The nurturing that you're giving yourself is in service to the softness that you are becoming. Like it's in service of being love in this world that so badly needs it. And please don't write that mission off as anything frivolous or superficial or like unnecessary or a figment of your imagination because look at the world we're in. Like wouldn't it be better, sweeter, uh, kinder, gentler if everyone was a lot more conscious, if everyone was like wearing their heart on their sleeve um, and if we were all doing our healing. So get some rest. Take care of yourself. It's going to be okay. This too shall pass. The Walk On Podcast is a production of Walk On Productions. It is written, recorded, hosted, produced, and marketed by yours truly. <laughs> That's right, folks. It's a one-person dog and pony show. If you'd like to help keep us afloat, you can donate on our anchor.fm page. That's anchor.fm backslash Brit Cannon. You can also go to my website, BritCannon.me, to access lots of other things like the blog that goes along with this podcast, my two YouTube channels, the Walk On Podcast YouTube channel, and my personal YouTube channel that features my poetry and music. You can access the album Shiny Silver Snakes that I made with my good friend Lokomoko. You can find Mantra, the EP that Walk On, the theme song to this podcast, is part of. And you can find Flight of the Final Girl, which is my debut poetry collection. There's also merch, t-shirts, stickers, mugs, lots of other stuff with the swears on them. <laughs> there are photos, videos, 
and links to all of the services I offer, including tarot readings, astrology readings, mentorship services, if you'd like some one-on-one consultations outside of the realm of tarot and astrology. And you can also access my self-love course, which is a 30-day journal-centered self-love course that is designed to help you build a deeper friendship and more loving relationship with yourself. There are journal prompts, guided meditations, self-care rituals, letter writing assignments, and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for doing the work. Happy healing. Until next time. Bye.